Hello and welcome to the Zenial Dome. My name is Gareth Gwynn. And I'm Essel Sears. So, a thing that we have been meaning to do for ages is go through the emails and the Instagram messages and the Twitter messages and everything that you've sent us. So thank you very much if you've ever sent us anything to the Zenial Dome at Hotmail.com or our Instagram account or any any of the various accounts. We've got too many, to be honest. It's become a bit unwieldy. <laughs> unwieldy. We need an intern... We do need an intern. I've been. Someone's offered us a blue sky code. Have they? Yeah. So if you want a blue sky code, a listener has uh, has said we've got a blue sky code. If you want one, so hey, do do we want to join blue sky as well? <gasps> Maybe. Or is that another thing for you to check? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. Because because if if nothing else, as Zenials, we are digital pioneers. Well, ch- check the show notes of this episode to see if we've got a blue sky account by the time. <laughs> Um, because everyone's leaving Twitter as fast as they can. Um, So however you've got in touch, thank you very much. So we're going to go through a couple of these messages. Ben sent us this. Now, he actually sent us this before we recorded last week's episode, but it is so relevant to everything Millennium Dome-based. Is Ewan Blair the ultimate Zenial Dome guest? And let me explain why. This is from a BBC article from the year uh, 2006. Ewan Blair is reportedly used by his father, his father obviously being Tony Blair, as a way of keeping government projects in touch with the teenage mind. The Ewan factor is considered during high-level discussions about what should go into the Millennium Dome. Tony Blair is said to have demanded to see evidence that the exhibits at Greenwich would excite his son, then aged 13. So, the Millennium Dome was made with someone in mind. <gasps> and that person is Tony Blair's son, Ewan Blair. And you know what? In my mind, when I think of Ewan Blair, the feelings I get when I think of him are the same <laughs> as I get when I think about the Millennium Dome. Because I don't think he's a great... Like, okay, not every 13-year-old knows what's good or what's cool like he's obviously chosen like the the oddball child <laughs> who's into stuff that no one else cares about but he's happy with that he's happy with his choice but no one else thinks he's cool so the situation you're afraid is that tony blair went we need this to appeal to teenagers i've got a teenager we'll ask him what he likes and unfortunately you and blair may not have been the typical UK teenager. Because I will say, I don't know much about the Millennium Dome, but as a 13-year-old, I would not have been excited by a De Beers diamond exhibit. Like having a McDonald's in there? Yes. Okay, okay. So, you're 13. Tony Blair knocks on the door and goes, Esset, Ewan's busy. (laughs) He's got homework or whatever or whatever he, what, these days he's designing websites isn't he or something like that yeah. he's, I think he's worth more than his mum and dad now um, yeah. but Tony Blair calls you and goes Esset Ewan's busy um, I need a 13 year old who can let me know what's cool what are you putting in the Millennium Dome also I know you were 13 at that time but I, I you need to skew yeah. this so you're 13 what's going in the dome horses Hor- actually no I'm the wrong person to ask as well <laughs> no, what this is <laughs> Uh, 
I think horses just... might be a fairly decent answer, to be honest. <laughs> it's just turning into one like massive big circus big top yeah. now, with like hundreds of horses just corralled. That, I, I, you know, we're, we're we're representing a thousand years of history. Horses, <laughs> probably, because if you'd have asked me, it would have been, <laughs> it would have probably been space. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. It would have been like space, red dwarf and Alan Partridge. (laughs) (laughs) I think if the 13-year-old me had been asked to... And and I'm being quite strict about the 13-year-old me as well. Mm. Um, Because I think within a couple of years, I'd have gone, do a thing about the Beatles (laughs) or something like that. But I think if we're going 13-year-old me, I think you're going for a model of Apollo 11, (laughs) which wasn't even... British. (laughs) (laughs) And probably a video of the fast show. Which actually isn't, given given that they did have a cinema next door that was showing episodes of Black Adder, that isn't a million miles off what they did. I Um, would agree with fast show. Um, But yeah, it would also have ponies, mood rings, (laughs) (laughs) and um, two unlimiteds, no unlimiteds played on a loop. Yeah. Do you know what? I think, thinking about it now, what I would have liked to have seen is a crime being committed in front of my eyes uh, <laughs> that was very exciting. So in some ways, I think they actually hit the nail on the head. <laughs> Many episodes ago, we were talking about doing the Chantleth Comedy Festival, and I said that I was going to bring a Q magazine, one of my old box of Q magazine, the music magazine from the 90s and noughties, uh, I'd load them to get rid of, and we gave one to every person who came to the live show we did in Machentleth. I got rid of a ton. I kept a handful, and we went through one of them for, I think it was a 2001 episode, didn't we? Mm, yeah. That month, in the cool websites to visit, Q Magazine recommended a website of Elvis's recipes <laughs> and what Elvis would have eaten. Yeah. We searched for the website and it didn't exist anymore. And we were disappointed it didn't exist anymore. <laughs> so thank you to Kevin and to Thierry, who got in touch independently to say, we found the website. The exact website? The exact website. <gasps> because while that URL just to just a dead page, um, thanks to the Internet Archive, and I can't believe I forgot the Internet Archive does, uh, does this, um, the, the website has been archived and explain to me what the archive is you know how when you delete something from the internet you think you've got rid of it yes no no (laughs) (laughs) no 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 not at all um the internet archive uh is keeping a record of websites and it sort of crawls the internet and it takes snapshots of websites through time who's running this um that's a great question. It seems to be some sort of, I don't know, some sort of benevolent... <laughs> I did look into it once because it started where they started doing it, it wasn't public. And then they suddenly released it and they went, we've been archiving the internet for four years. So people went, ho-ho, have you now? <laughs> oh! <laughs> um, but yeah, so the Internet Archive, which is web.archive.org, um, just can you can search for URLs and it'll go. Yeah, we've got a version of this from 1999 or something like that. Oh my god, I've worked 
because of my previous job working in PR and marketing. Have you never seen this before? No, but I have built so many websites. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Life. Oh, no, it's it's amazing. You can find all these websites, especially it seems to do a better job at archiving really clunky ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'll be me. I think mod- <laughs> modern ones have got all sorts of whizzy things that are quite difficult to snapshot, whereas... Okay old websites especially when they're just text-based they're like yeah we've got it all (laughs) it's out the back um and that is exactly what's happened here so the website of elvis recipes is on the internet archive you should have a link there um so kevin in his message said this brings back memories of simpler times and a simpler internet all it's missing is an under construction gif (laughs) so it turns out the elvis recipes bit was a small part of a much bigger website dedicated to Elvis Presley. Oh, okay. So it's not it's not just about the recipes. No. So the website is called Rockin' with Elvis. Uh, there's a little gif of Elvis shaking his hips. Um, Hello, thanks for coming by, and please come back again. And then the next line is the word Elvis, written 15 times in a bright blue font. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, though? Like... Having again, having worked in in PR marketing and having a having had to work with a brand manager, yeah, um, who oversees everything, colors, fonts, images that you're allowed to use, like down to the minutest detail. This is hectic at best. Like the fact that when you said hello, thanks for coming by, and please come back again, it's it's not that. It's hello. Thanks for coming, dot by. Oh, yeah. There's <laughs> a full stop, a random full stop. And then when he lists just Elvis, 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 some of them are spaced, some of them aren't. I will link to this in the show notes, by the way, if you want to visit the Rockin' with Elvis website. Oh, people are going to, genuinely, it's going to crash. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a really good example, I think, of a late 90s early noughties website the sort that doesn't exist anymore because now people set up facebook groups or twitter pages or whatever and things like that whereas this is an old school website written in times new roman and making the use of every color that was Mm -hmm. available at the time so the fonts change from red to blue to green to purple there's a biography at the bottom which looks pretty thorough to be fair Mm -hmm. so where's the link to recipes the king's recipes where is it it's the bit um it's on the right hand side the king's is in purple then there's dot 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 and then recipes oh is in red okay i love this website this is brilliant we start with a section called elvis's pantry yeah <clears throat> which is in bright yellow there is then a second section underneath that is just called pepsi <laughs> <laughs> And the box with Pepsi says, check it out. Elvis's favourite cola drink, Pepsi. Pat's favourite cola drink is Pepsi too. It's been for over 30 plus years. Me and Elvis love Pepsi. <laughs> and it's like in a box Oh, out. this is lovely. This is absolutely Aww. lovely. Um, I presume Pat is who designed this website. I assume so, um, yeah. Right, here we are. Menus. Mm. This is great as well. It is worth remembering that Q Magazine recommended this webpage as one of the best webpages on the internet at the time. Okay, so there's, there's the early rise of breakfast where he has coffee and tea. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I can only, you know, it's, that's just for pop stars, right? Pop stars <laughs> have the luxury of having both hot drinks. Peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Yeah. There's a recipe for how to make... I'm pretty confident I can make 
a peanut butter and banana sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Ten slices of buttered bread. Do you know what? I was just going to say, I thought I knew how to make peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> But my my ratios were all to pot. <laughs> Crispy fried chicken. Bacon and tomato sandwiches. Cheeseburgers. Oh my God, do you know what? The fact that the crispy fried chicken recipe, the first ingredient is pancake mix. Oh! <laughs> wow. This is, I, I can see why Q Magazine recommended this website, actually, because it is quite good fun. Yes. Bacon and tomato sandwiches cheeseburgers and there's little facts in between the recipes for his visit with the beatles elvis served a midnight supper oh so so he would have served this to the beatles i cannot imagine the beatles eating meatloaf well famously didn't ringo Starr when they went to india take a suitcase full of tins of baked beans because he was afraid there would be nothing out there he liked <laughs> so I, yeah i think the others were a little bit more adventurous in their eating habits but i can imagine although maybe ringo was like just me fine (laughs) (laughs) i think we've sort of lost this kind of website Mm. a website which you know it's called rocking with elvis there's a gif of elvis at the top but at the bottom of the page there's a little logo that says i believe in jesus christ those sort of personal websites And also how like how unfinished it is as well. Like no one would be putting anything up that's not basically done yeah. now. Like because on most pages it either says something like in progress or like here it says not done, more to come. You know, and more didn't come. <laughs> Sign my guest book, view my guest book. Let's have a little look at the guest book. Oh, oh dear, yeah. First message in the guest book, and it's a prankster. All the all the others are quite nice. All the others are like, keep up the good work from one Elvis fan to another. He is uh, leaving a message from Uranus, and his comment Yay. is, "I'm Elvis's gynecologist and proctologist. Elvis has a big crack in his butt." <laughs> Thanks to the, just looking at some of the other messages we've had in the last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, because we talked about the eclipse over the summer and Al Gordon got in touch to say that as soon as he heard the episode, he remembered where he was for the eclipse on a street corner in Newquay, Keridigian, looking through a welding mask. <laughs> so underwhelming. I imagine, because I know a welding mask would block an awful lot of the light on what was That's not a particularly sunny day. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but I think that's really taking the government advice to heart about not looking directly at the sun a welding mask is brilliant but that's big west Whalian vibes <laughs> huge and the thing is i imagine him watching it from like a reclamation yard oh yeah like a recycling center <laughs> like yeah. One of those. <laughs> yeah it's got very scrap heap challenge air to scrap it, heap yeah it? yes yeah, yeah. Bryn got in touch, who'd listened to the September 1981 podcast. Oh, where we talked about the Smith set. The bunch of cool cat cartoons that uh, encourage children to love WH Smiths. I was a member of the Smith set. I had a little badge with the cats on. Bryn wanted to know if if they had arch rivals called the John Menzies mob. (laughs) uh, Like Biker Grove and Denton Byrne, if you will. Um, I have mentioned in the past, I still don't 
truly believe I'm old enough to watch Biker Grove. In my head, that is always such a show for older kids. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the John Menzies mob. I really like the idea of a John. John Menzies was a weird old chop, wasn't it? It still exists, right? No, they got ta- Smiths took them over. So the one oh. in Bre- so there was a John Menzies in Brecon that got taken over by Smiths and. Yeah, because whenever we went shopping in Cardiff, my dad would always go to go to Menzies. Yeah, it's it's probably Mister Menzies. Yeah, it, it it seemed a bit more formal than W H Smiths for some reason. Yeah, because because W H Smiths, I think, was always trying to uh, appeal to younger a younger audience. I think Menzies was men- was more of like the the early Waterstones. Yeah, I think you I think you're right. I can't imagine like W H Smiths were the sort of shop who'd go we should have a club for kids where we send them a magazine in which cats tell them that there's cool music <laughs> coming out and i feel like john menzies is kind of going like no we just want to sell lined paper to students and then there was a message from pete which came in a few weeks ago and i keep thinking about it ever since um pete said it's funny because when i listen to your podcast because it takes me back to growing up in my 20s I always imagine you at about that age. The only thing more surprising than seeing you both over 30 is the old guy who looks back at me from my bathroom mirror. Okay, so he's he's imagining us frozen in time. Yeah, because we're talking about, you know, all the cool things the cool people talk about. <laughs> <laughs> like Q Magazine and the Smith oh. set. And... Um, Basically, I'm wondering whether we shouldn't be putting clips of Zoom up online off the back of free to that people have a picture. Ruining the illusion. I think, you know, they did that very late uh, in his career. Adam West did the voice of Batman for an animation. Yeah. And they went, oh, we'll animate this so we don't have to see Adam West being Batman (laughs) in his 70s or 80s. And I'm starting to wonder whether we should just do animations of the Xenial Dome so that people don't have to, you know, and so then we can look like we did in the night. I'll I'll have my school uniform on again. Um, (laughs) That's the thing, when I think, yeah, when I think of us as Xenials in in history like in the context of the history and in in that place in that time you're definitely in a school uniform i'm definitely wearing um doc martin boots leggings um a velvet like dress short velvet dress a flowy velvet dress a choker and like a hat with some sequins on it and standing outside John Menzies waiting for your dad to come out. Because yeah. <laughs> I want to go to myself fridge or a yeah. <laughs> um, So thank you very much for that message, Pete. It has provided us with lots to think about. <laughs> um, if you want to get in touch, you can. Uh, so the email is thezennialdome.hotmail.com. Uh, you can tweet the Zenial Dome or Instagram Zenial Dome. But we shall be back next week with the start of our December episodes. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye! Over the centuries, the world's greatest wordsmiths have crafted the most beautiful sentences ever written. Shakespeare Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Austin There is no charm equal to tenderness of heart. And Jermaine Pennant I pulled two birds and I went home, which is nearly a proverb. (laughs) 
Hello, this is Football Book Club Podcast, the podcast where every episode we read another footballer's autobiography. He basically says their incentive to win the World Cup was that Nancy Delio was going to make them some pasta. We read all the classics, Darren Huckabee's, Huck's, Frank Lampard's, Totally Frank, and of course, The Life and Times of Barry Ferguson. This wasn't something I planned to say, but he's given me real Paddington vibes. And we're often joined in doing so by guests from the world of comedy and football. I believe this book was written near David Ginola. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it was written by David Schindler. So, if you like your books less Jane Austen, more Charlie Austen, less Dickens, more Dickov, listen now by searching Football Book Club wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>